I am so over the moon right now. This episode is truly going to be the stuff of legend. And if you knew who my guest was, that pun would make sense to more people than just me, but it's okay. It made my heart happy. But my guest was Janet Varney, and I sincerely enjoyed every iota of this interview. I'm a huge Janet Varney fan, and, and not just because she voiced Korra and the Legend of Korra, which also happens to be one of my favorite cartoons of all time, but also just because of the work that she's done with SF Sketchfest, which is one of the most popular comedy festivals in the country. How it brings together not only the arts and comedy and other facets of um, creative media for this big event. Um, it's just so impressive to see how her and her co-creators handle that and the different work that goes into it. Not to mention her wonderful work on the JV Club podcast. And it's a podcast that brings powerful women and men together. Um, and it doesn't just explore what they do, whether they're actors, actresses, comedians, authors, whoever they might be. It kind of talks about how they navigate those little nuances in this world called life and how it kind of brings them to the pinnacle of where they are now. So aside from that and just talking about not only her as an actress, but um, kind of getting ingrained with the more technical aspects of TV and film was a lot of fun. And she's just such a wonderful breath of fresh air as a whole. And I do want to note while we're talking that this is the second interview that I've done through Skype. Unlike my last interview, which did have some inconsistencies with volume between myself and my guest, you don't hear that here, which is refreshing. It means I'm getting better. Be proud of me. Um, but sincerely, thank you so much for listening. Today we have the illustrious and the phenomenal Janet Varney on the show today. And Janet Varney has starred in shows like You Are the Worst, Amazing Show, Stand Against Evil, Burning Love. Um, she's also voiced Korra in the awesome Nickelodeon smash cartoon hit The Legend of Korra among other things, and being one of the co-founders of SF Sketchfest, which is one of the most popular comedy festivals in the country. So phenomenal to have the ninja of all trades herself here in the flesh. Well, I cannot believe we're actually talking. I know, it's been forever. For... Total shock. <laughs> I'm not excited about it, though. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. And if I'm stammering, it's just because I'm super nervous. I love your work, and I really respect what you do. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, you don't have to be nervous at all. Uh, I'm total to work. There is definitely no need. Can you hear me perfectly right now? I can hear you perfectly. <laughs> I absolutely can. Because it is storming <laughs> here. It was not supposed to rain today, but it would rain on the one day. We're Remind me where you are, Kayla? I'm in Jacksonville, Florida, so I'm kind oh, of... Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. It, gets, it gets kind of rainy here during this time of year. <laughs> You're right down there, right on the water, too. You're in it, huh? Yeah, More I'm kind of... I'm kind of yeah. yeah, I'm kind of right there, and I'm originally from West Palm, so I'm used to the water, but here is a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope it, uh, it doesn't get too bananas. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. It'll. Florida is one of those places where it literally will rain in your backyard, but it'll be sunny in your front yard. 
So oh, it's yeah. it's microclimate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly what it's like. <laughs> well, how have you been? I'm good. I'm good. I just uh, finished um, the shooting portion of uh, a show that I um, created and, and wrote uh, with my my sweetie, um, which was a really fun endeavor for IFC called Fortune Rookie. Oh, that's and really we cool. haven't uh, we haven't obviously we have some time to you know edit and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know what the release is going to be like. That it'll be streaming on online. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but it's it was really fun to work on something that you know it's fun and it's also really stressful and scary in, in some ways because you definitely are like oh I. I feel like I, you know, you just, you have to be on, on point Mm -hmm. in multiple ways rather than just like, oh, I'm just, you know, I just wrote this or I'm just producing this kind of doing, doing all of it. I, I have even more respect than I already had, which was enormous for people who do, you know, um, write for themselves and, Mm -hmm. you know, I did not direct it. I think if I had tried to direct (laughs) it, I would have gone completely crazy. So... (laughs) I still, I'm a very, uh, I'm a real collaborator. Um, I definitely uh, rely very heavily on other people's talents and skills. So, um, but yeah, but it's been good. Um, and uh, and that's that's sort of been my world of late. How about you? I've I've been great. I um I write myself, so I've been practicing with you know writing. I'm writing a novel right now. Um, Excellent. I, I, oh, see, that's so impressive to me. That kind of long term. Uh, I I love writing, and I'm I'm just in awe of uh, of you know book writers, book authors. You it's know? it's a real process. It seems like you kind of get both ends of the spectrum, though, because you've done voice acting, hence with Cora and several other projects that you've acted on, and then you've also kind of just acted like on screen, um, and in film. Would you say that you prefer, because I know with this new project that you just mentioned, you mentioned that you were doing a lot more than, than you're used to, like even doing some, some writing on it as well. Was that, um, was it challenging to go from normally acting in a piece to, to actually writing it? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, the writing of it was actually incredibly fun, mm-hmm. and it was, it was actually really, really easy um, because it was one of those projects that I had been, I mean, I've done a lot of writing, um, on other things, but, um, never like to this degree, like for example, writing on Neil's puppet dreams, that was a project that I did with the Henson company and Neil Patrick Harris. I didn't, I purposefully did not write anything for myself. I wanted to, you know, we wrote it for Neil and for puppets and, um, so I was, and, and I was producing it, so I was really able to just stay tightly focused on those things. Or, you know, when I wrote for myself on, on when I when I host, when I'm writing for myself as a host, like on Escape or on Dinner in a Movie, um, that's a different kind of writing in a sense. And it and, and there's something you know that's very very fluid and easy for me about that. I think having done it so much, um, and so there just hasn't been a lot. And then being in a sketch group for many, many years, I was writing a ton of sketch. Um, and so it's kind of a weird, because I play a version of myself, I guess you could say on fortune rookie, um, which basically is like kind of a jerkier version of me who was told by a psychic that, she, that, that I'm psychic. Uh, mm-hmm. and then I decided to quit show business and become a fortune teller full time. Um, it sounds uh, like it loads was, of fun. <laughs> 
it's it's pretty goofball. But um, so it was kind of a combination of all this. It was like, oh, I'm writing for myself, but not really myself. And but the, but then being able to write for my friends was so fun. It was such a dream to write something, um, and then have you know the then hear it on its feet, as it were, and and hear people saying those words and just making them so much better, you know, but like feeling like, oh yeah, we did know, you know, we really did know who we were writing for and we knew what they would probably enjoy doing. And then they, you know, if they enjoy it, then they take it and they add to it and add improv and flourish it, you know, and, um, and so it really just, uh, I mean, that was the most fun was, you know, writing and then having, um, having a friend, you know, Mm -hmm. saying the words and going, oh, it's just like, I hoped, but even better. So that part of it was was really really cool, but yeah, it's just a different. They all they all kind of work different muscles. So the more you're doing of any one of those things, the more you're kind of getting that full workout, I guess you could say. Um, but uh, but doing something like voiceover, where you know I it's just my voice. It's not my physical body. It's not my writing. You know, I'm not producing. I'm not directing with something like Cora. Then you really can just go all in on on the performance. And, um, and so part, you know, part of that is definitely easier in the sense that it's, it's, yeah, you can really stay kind of micro focused on, uh, the goal. That has to be really rewarding in being able to focus on those different nuances of, of playing those characters or doing those different things. When you were, um, voice acting, specifically when you were working on The Legend of Korra, um, how did you prepare yourself for that role? Because even though there's a lot of work that still goes into voice acting and you really have to project um, everything that character's going through and it has to show in your voice, was that a process for you or was it something that kind of felt like it came naturally? You know what? It felt, it was so, so natural. I, 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 I'm, I do feel like, um, you know, I sort of make fun of myself because Cora is so strong and fierce and, you know, basically, you know, she has superpowers. I don't have those things. Um, but, but she is also so human and so accessible and for that reason and frustrating for some people who, you know, were really, who loved Aang and who didn't want to see this kind of temperamental teenage girl, uh, come on the scene and, you know, kind of misunderstand or be, you know, be, be, be unwilling to cooperate with others or ask for help, you know, in the first couple of seasons there Mm -hmm. of the show. But I, I really responded to that because, you know, I drive myself crazy. So why wouldn't a character I play also drive me crazy? Cause she's a human, she's human, you know? Um, but the, the fight stuff, um, I, I did have, you know, I just happened to have had uh, a trainer who had worked with me, you know, teaching me kickboxing. Um, I, I happen to be somebody who likes to be athletic and outdoors and, you know, sort of in, out in the world, um, feeling strong, feel like a strong woman. So I think that stuff, while I could never touch, you know, Cora's <laughs> ability, um, I don't, I don't think it hurt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, throw, like, I know what I sound like when I'm throwing a punch and mm-hmm. when I'm kicking. So I think that part of it actually did come in really handy. And then, you know, the rest of her, her, her flaws uh, and her complexity, her sarcasm, her vulnerability, all of that stuff was kind of um, built into who I am for better or worse. So, um, so that was very easy for me to connect to. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely, I think out of, I, and I watch a lot of cartoons and films and TV shows. I think what I really loved about that character is just, how prolifically realistic she was 
I, I like the fact that she was an angsty teen, and I thought it translated really, really well. Obviously, I know that you do a lot of comedy, and um, it, that tends to be the focus of a lot of your work. Do you have a particular genre that you personally like? Not necessarily acting, but when you're watching a film or movie, or, you know, a television show, film and movie are the same thing. <laughs> but, <laughs> I was funny, I didn't even blink. I was like, uh-huh, yes, those are different things. Um, uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. I don't, I, I actually don't watch much comedy at all. And I think part of it is that my life, uh, you mentioned Sketchfest, you know, it's, uh, um, and my work are so connected to comedy. Uh, I have so many friends who are, you know, I'm just in awe of their talent and they're on TV shows. But for me, I do really like to completely check out, I guess, and, and, and just get completely absorbed by a story. And that's not to say that I can't do that if I know someone who's in a show. But when you take the friendships and the maybe I do, maybe I auditioned for the show and I didn't get it and the, you know, um, I write comedy, so I'm looking at it from a writing perspective and I'm looking at it technically in terms of, like, the writing, the rhythm, the acting, the directing. Like, all of that stuff is, I'm just, it's very inside uh, the realm of, like, how I think about work. And so I, what I find myself gravitating towards, for sure, is, like, you know, so, like stuff I just don't do, like, you know, well, I mean, sci-fi is, I guess, the core of sci-fi fantasy, but, like, live action, stuff like that, or animation that, you know, uh, I may know someone's voice, but you just, you don't even think about that when you're watching, um, True. when you're watching other characters, watching, you know, animation, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's not as right in front of you, and I don't have as much experience in that world, too, so that's fun, and then, yeah, like, you know, like like any BBC sci-fi or like you know sort of a moody murder show that takes place in the Scottish Highlands, like basically any of yes. that stuff. I love I stuff like immediately that. sign up for. Uh, you know, that's I've joked before that I feel like in some ways that's my Hollywood is all of these British actors that. Um, <laughs> I've never met, and it seems like this whole other world, and that's like sort of, ooh, the stars, look at all those famous, wonderful, you know, Shakespearean trained actors, um, so I'm very well versed in, in that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. like, you know, and, 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 and I definitely watch tons of, like, Netflix one-hour shows, you know. What would you say you're watching like right that. now that you really enjoy off of Netflix, just at random, something you've been watching? Well, oh, off of Netflix. Off of Netflix, I just watched, um, I think it was Collateral that, um, that Carrie Mulligan was in, mm -hmm. and, um, it was like a, yeah, it was like a, you know, like a, like an international, you know, sort of political action drama mystery sort of thing, uh, and then I, I love, um, well, I actually, this is a, this is hilarious. It's a perfect example of like me saying like, well, you know, when you know someone who's in something and then I completely turn around and say like, I love Counterpart, which is J.K. Simmons show yeah. uh, on Stars. I, so great. I love, I love that show. Anything that has that sort of, you know, like The Man in the High Castle, like things yeah. that are that sort of like the warped alternate universe realities, I just, um, I gobble up. I gravitate towards those two. You do too? Yeah. yeah. I'm a huge Westworld fan. But. It's, it's a terrific show. It's one of those shows where um, I feel like, well, I mean, I, I anticipate before watching the premiere of season two, like going and sitting and watching all of the episodes from the first season again, just be, to kind of 
revisited and I think I've already watched a lot of them two times anyway (laughs) but there's just you know it's so layered and um and and so provocative and uh yeah I like I think we're in a really cool exciting time in television right now I'm not saying anything new everyone is saying this but you know it's that exciting time in television where not too much has to be revealed you know stories are very complex there's really big concepts in them there's big ethical concepts there are you know micro like human relationship concepts everything is is happening in a in a really um exciting way that you know like that's people who respond so strongly to game of thrones and stuff these sort of epic sagas right where the world is bigger than ours but the relationships feel familiar but there's magic or is there magic you know what i mean just all of those kinds of things um i totally that's like complete it's because it's escapist, but at the same time, it's it is I think forcing you, like the Legend of Korra and and Last Airbender, it does force you to look at your own values and your own behavior and your own loyalties and your own humanity and kind of think about big stuff too. You're not just like, and I and I I don't I haven't seen most of these movies, so I, I feel like I'm shitting on something that I shouldn't be. <laughs> But, like, you know, Fast and Furious, like, to me, that's not, I'm not going to, like, walk away thinking about my relationship with, you know, my mom in the way that I might walking away from, you know, Westworld or, or, or a Game of Thrones. No, I hear you. I, I completely agree. I like the fact that, because I feel like there's a group of individuals where sometimes they shy away, like, in maybe a decade ago or maybe even 20 years ago, they'll shy away from fantasy and some of the other genres that kind of take you outside of just our everyday modern life because they feel like it's not relatable. And nowadays you have a lot of shows on television um, that kind of bring you back in. It brings you into a unique and whimsical world, kind of like you said, but it does force you to kind of see the relatability factor in in what you're seeing on screen versus yourself. Is that... Are those concepts kind of what made you want to act and, and want to write, as as young Janet Barney, if you will, what kind of really got you to do what you do today? Well, that's a really, really good question, because I was, like, super all over the place, um, <laughs> no, which fine. I guess makes sense, because I'm, I'm saying that as if it, as if I'm not super all over the place now. I just realized, like, oh, wait, that couldn't be the most, that's, like, the most unsurprising thing I could have possibly said. Um, but, uh, but... You know, I like to give you an example. I, I, this is this is out there on the interweb somewhere, so I apologize if it's like you know restating, rehashing old news. But um, but in my oh, and actually, you know what? I did. I think I did a. God, there was like an interview where I did um, a little short series of a couple of interviews with people for uh, one of my favorite kind of style websites called Design Sponge. Mm-hmm. Um, Grace Bonnie created it and is a is a just a fantastic um feminist writer and and just has just has done a lot of really really interesting stuff and she's kind of a hero of mine even though she's far younger than me which kind of makes it even more fun um but uh but about what people's teenage bedrooms look like because (laughs) it's a sort of a spin-off of my podcast the jv club Mm -hmm. where i get to hear about people's awkward teenage experiences and um and I had, like, the posters that I had on my wall, I had, like, one um, wall that was devoted to Steve Martin. I was completely obsessed with Steve Martin. But then, like, the wall next to that was, like, every article and picture I could find about Jodie Foster, who was 
consistently in these kind of more, especially at that time, like troubling, like silence of the lambs, like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that I, in a, in a lot of ways, I think the, the, those two walls being next to each other, like a huge silence of the lambs poster, but then I had a huge like LA story poster. Um, I was like looking backwards at Steve Martin's early career, looking backwards at Jodie Foster's early career. She was just someone that I was kind of in love with from the word go. I mean, she, I, she was in like a Disney Tom Sawyer thing that my dad showed me as a kid mm-hmm. when she was tiny. And, you know, she, she was just somebody, she's older than me, but she was just somebody that I found early on because she was in all these movies that my dad was like, Oh, you should see this movie. You know, you, it's out on video or whatever. And, um, and so, she, you know, she kind of thought, I think she inspired me to be the sort of like, a, like an actor actor and kind of get excited about theater. And then, you know, Steve Martin was doing this just absurd, just, just really weird, funny off the wall comedy that was really, really grounded in like love and vulnerability and this sort of sweetness and sentimentality that um, I really responded to. So I think those two people, I've never actually articulated that before, but I think those two people in some ways have been like, I, I'm sort of the love child of both of their careers in, in terms of what inspires me and what I get excited about watching. And then, you know, by virtue of that, hopefully what I try to bring to the table when I'm working. Those are awesome parents to have. I would, I would love yeah, not to. Too bad, right? <laughs> no, not at all. So I always, so I have a, I always have a funny question. Well, not a funny question, but a more fun question, um, and then a more, I guess, more serious, introspective one towards the end of the podcast interview. Sure, sure. So I'm all in. Absolutely. If you could pick any element to bend, like core, which one would you choose? Naga and all of that, you know. What about you? 
Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I feel like it would probably be air. Um, I, I have this, I give off this air that I'm a very calm person and I guess I can be, but I feel like to bend air, you have to be very centered and kind of one with yourself. I know, and listen, on woman, I should choose air. God knows I need it. <laughs> God knows. Be the leaf all the time. I well, write that on so many, when I do autographs and stuff and mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm, I'm telling you this because I seriously say it to myself every day. <laughs> So I get it. Yeah, I just, I, I guess I just, um, I on the inside I'm very manic because I have a bajillion things that I do, but I'm pretty sure you understand that better than most people. <laughs> so, <laughs> I do, I do. But um, it's great and it's horrible. But there's got, but there's something about it that obviously we must need or want, you know. So well, we're drawn to do that. Well, you're doing, you're doing really awesome, cool things. You're giving something cool to the world, like so. In the, you're kind of like a superhero, like a superhero in Hollywood who, who has an awesome podcast and does comedy and all these other plethora of other things. But, um, oh, so you've given me more uh, dignity and and uh, <laughs> joy than I, I than I rightly deserve. I think by saying that. Well, it's true. I mean, at least I I don't like I um, I just love actors and actresses and studying their work and kind of what drives them and motivates them and um there's there's a lot of sincerity in your work and I'm not just saying that because I'm a biased fan but I I can just feel it when I watch um the different works that you do and it's nice to see that you can tell the difference when you watch someone that kind of gives a a, a different kind of not saying that other individuals aren't genuine because there's a lot of fantastic super talented people out there but you can kind of see, like, the core of who someone really is kind of bleed into their work if you watch for, like, those micro-expressions and those micro-inflections in their voice and, and, and things of that nature. Um, my, my final question um, is, if you could go back to teenage Janet Barney and say three things to yourself, what would you say? Okay, this is you're really pulling a mash game on me, and I, it's, I, you're, I, I'm, this is payback for every person I've ever done this to, um, who's been like, I can't believe you're forcing these questions on me at the last minute without any time to think about them. Um, <clears throat> uh, gosh, the first thing I would say is, um, I mean, it's, I don't think I'm. This the first thing is like a thing that I think so many particularly women, but maybe men too, <clears throat> uh, feel uh, about themselves as teenagers. But like, uh, I just, I do, I do wish that I wouldn't have been so um, uncomfortable in my own body, you know, and so critical. And it's, ironically, I'm just as critical now, but you know, it's, the, it's that thing. It's the thing that people say when they get older, where like, you know, some 80-year-old looks at a, you know, 50-year-old and is like, girl, you got a great body, you gotta show that <laughs> off. And then the 50-year-old is like, I don't, but they look at a 30-year-old and go, girl, you are in the best shape of your life, what is you, what, show off those beautiful legs! And then, like, that's, and then the 30-year-old's like, me? Oh, I'm an old lady. I'm looking at my 15-year-old self going, like, what are you doing? Like, why are you so, but I was, I was so insecure about my body, and, um, and I, I, I joked about this, but, like, I seriously did not wear shorts um, for, like, from basically, like, junior high 
through until I was in my mid thirties. <laughs> I can't, I just was so embarrassed of my legs. I was like, I, I have all the cellulite. I'm, you know, there's, I'm like part of them scrawny, part of them look fat. Like I just was so preoccupied with like, oh, I don't, I would rather like someone think maybe my body's nice if I wear really baggy clothes. And I do really like baggy clothes. I'm not a very body conscious dresser. I mean, it's just more um, comfortable. Yeah, and for sure, for sure. But but like, you know, now I feel like, yeah, I got some nice gams. I don't got to show them off to everybody all day long, but they're there and I, you know, and I I and I like exercising or oh, whatever. But um but back then I just like it was like no amount of and I wasn't a huge exerciser, but like I just I just thought I I felt like no one needs to see that. And that's just a terrible way to feel about your body. So for me and for any other teenage girl, like, you know, don't love yourself and whatever that means in terms of how you want to present yourself to the world. That's on, you know, that's all you make, just be comfortable and be happy, but, but don't do it because you're ashamed, you know, what's underneath. Cause that's so stupid and it's a waste of time. So that's one thing. Then the next thing I would say is, um, uh, probably, It's so funny. Um, yeah, really, it's hard not to just, like, want to take, you know, six weeks to think about this and then, like, present some sort of, like, thesis. I've had people um, put their question on layaway for a later date. I'm going to come back. I'm going to do some, some one-word payments. I'll do one word every month uh, until you have a sentence. <laughs> okay. Um, I think I would I'm say. I'm about it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just feel like everything I'm saying is such a cliche, but I guess I just need to lean into that because sometimes the cliches, again, as you get older, are like, they're, they're really, um, they're really important and precious because they make you feel like, oh, wait, everyone goes through this. That's actually kind of a great thing. Um, but I, I wish that I could have, uh, had a better relationship with my mom, um, I feel like, you know, it's just very, very hard to see things from your parents' point of view when you're a teenager. It just is. It's really hard. But, you know, if I could have a little bit more passion for her and who she was as a person, you know, I I wouldn't mind throwing that a a little bit her way. So I would would try to get that into my stupid teenage head um, if I could. And then... um, I guess maybe uh, just don't be afraid to fail more, you know, don't feel like being bad at something uh, means that you can't ever do it because I was very quick to give up on things and very quick to go like, oh, that's like, oh, if someone else is great at it already, like I could never do it. And that's a really dumb thing to think kind of ever because you can always learn a new thing I mean probably I won't become like a gymnast tomorrow but uh but you you know as a teenager somehow I got in my head like oh I'm this old soul and if I don't know how to play tennis or whatever you know Mm -hmm. whatever it is then uh it seemed like well everyone else is already like everyone who knows how to do it is already better than me it's like why would what's not a competition if it it seems like it'd be something fun to do dip a toe, you know, don't, don't like shut yourself out of stuff so quickly. Exactly. I can certainly relate, especially to that last one and even the one about my mom. Those two yeah. I can definitely relate to. Ugh, I hear ya. 
But no, like I super appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. I, I thoroughly enjoyed um, interviewing you and I really appreciate because I know that we kind of kept hitting and missing each other for a while. <laughs> so I know I, we knew it was going to happen, but sometimes it takes uh, sometimes it takes longer than anyone would like. And I, I I'm so glad that we you stayed in touch and that we kept talking because I love what you're doing and. Um, I just think you're doing great work out there, not just with the podcast, but in your life, your, the rest of your life. And, um, and, and, you know, I want, just cause we finally did the interview doesn't mean I don't want you to like, you know, stay out of touch, check in with me. I want to, I want updates. <laughs> Absolutely. I definitely will do that. And thank you. I really appreciate that. And before we go, cause I know that, you know, you have to go soon just so that everybody knows where they can reach out to you to find out more information about, um, the JV Club, the other awesome things that you do with um, Stand Against Evil, with You're the Worst, which is an awesome show that everybody should watch on FX. It's one of my favorite shows. Um, and then just, you know, the escape and everything else you do, where should they go? Um, I definitely am on Twitter, uh, not as much as many people are, but I check in regularly uh, at Janet Varney. And then I do have a website, Janet Varney full website now for the podcast and uh just remember it's the jv club like the janet varney club or the junior varsity club and uh and yeah so those are the, really the best places my website and uh, and probably twitter i do appreciate you taking the time to to speak with me it was awesome talking to the avatar in in person well kind of in person <laughs> but <laughs> More, sort, she'll stand in she'll, she'll stand in for the for the avatar for now <laughs> Absolutely. My pleasure. My pleasure. It was great talking to you, Kayla. Great talking to you as well. You have a great rest of your day, and thank you so you much. You too. I'll talk okay. to you soon. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay.